102.9 KVLX, the best throwbacks in R&B. It's Fresca and Rudy. And with us today, a phenomenal comedian, also one of the hardest working performers in show business today, the one and only Tommy Davidson. Hey, Tommy Davidson. <laughs> welcome, 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 good sir. <laughs> phenomenal laugher as well. Yeah. All right, so you're going to be at Tommy T's in Pleasanton this weekend, so Friday through Sunday. So we're really excited to have you on with us. I mean, you're super talented. I mean, yes, you're a stand-up comic, you're an actor, but you're also a musician. So that's that's yes. the first time mm-hmm. I've I, I've heard of this. You're, you're uh, you have a single out called Kid Zero, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm actually up to my third single. Kid Zero is the latest one, and it's doing so good. You know, I actually accomplished the feat. What I wanted to do was get into music for years. You know, mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy had it. Jamie Foxx had it. Jennifer Lopez had hers. You know, and I had to really be patient. I had to really be patient and really believe in what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And with, with, with the market the way it is now, with, with, with streaming and, and, and all the social media stuff, I wanted to make sure I went into uh, a music genre mm-hmm. that I would be safe from, let's say, some stranger that's living in Buffalo and sleeping up, sleeping on a living room couch or on the porch mm. and can, can, can um, critique my work. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You know, and then, and, then, and then there's all these comments that follow from people who are, you know, who, who are down the street. Yeah. yeah you, know? you know, but so, I, I heard it and I thought it was just an amazing, it, it was so good. Are you playing an instrument? I'm not. I arranged it. I see. Ah, okay. It's, okay. There we go. It's amazing, man. I really enjoyed it. The instrument is my voice. So when you listen really, really close, I'm so tight with instruments. My, my, my voice is just one of those kind of voices that's just, I can grasp on to whatever musical instrument it is and become it. Wow. So that's what you hear in this. Really good. You know, that's that, that's interesting, Tommy. I mean, your your voice is your instrument in the music world and obviously in the comedy world as well. And I want to ask you a little bit about that because I, I always get the feeling that comedians and musicians, they kind of have like a, they're like cousins. You know, they have there's a kinship there. Like, do you find anything that you do in comedy correlating to music and, and vice versa? Like, do those two help each other out? Yeah, I think I think they both have the, the same basic uh, uh, nerve connection, and that is the transference of happy to from me to the audience. Whether it's through a song, or music, or rather it's through comedy, they go through two different receptors. Mm. Music goes into the heart receptor, and comedy goes into the brain receptor. Right, right. So one is logic, and one is abstract feeling. And I noticed that now the separation has to do with technique. Yes. And to be able to do both. You know, luckily, my comedy does both anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what you're saying. And I like that. that I, 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 I look for that desired result. Absolutely, man. No, I, I highly, uh, I tip my tip my cap because I, sometimes you do see some comics that try to get into music, and uh, the results the results aren't always uh, as pleasing as yeah. as we would want them to be. So I'm glad I'm glad to hear that you actually have two like different categories. There's like like you said, two different receptors there. Never thought about it that way, but you know, hopefully other comics will keep that in mind in the future. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm just you know personally, I have a lot to give, and in music, I think that I can convey a more direct, a more direct message. Since, you know, comedy has to do with uh, perception and, and people, the way people see things and the way they see the world, I don't have to, I don't have to expend that kind of energy. I can right. just, you know, uh, uh, 
uh, what is it? What is it? Earth, Wind, Fire, sing a song. Yeah. There we go. When you feel down and out. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's that. That's that heart receptor right there. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't say, you know, hey, you're an abandoned child. He doesn't say you're PTSD. None of that. He just said, sing a song. Tommy, Tommy, let, let me let me ask you a question though. Just because you, you're talking about the, the message that you sent through your music, uh, you, you've been doing stand up comedy, or you've been involved in comedy for such a long time now. You've been really like an icon for this generation in terms of making people laugh. What's your message through your comedy? Has it evolved over the years, or, or has it been the same from yeah, from the beginning yeah, to it's, this it's point? Been, it's been it's been the same since the beginning, but it's become more refined. My comedy has always been about hey, we're the same. Hey, we're the same. Hey, we're the same. That's a great message. But you know what? I also, because I know you have a book out, it's Living in Color. And in, you know, their show in Living Color, you work with Jim Carrey. And he he mentioned, you know, a part of your book where it said, he said the massive challenges that you face in your life have been like no match for for your, your talent, your indomitable spirit, you know. And what were some of those challenges that, that you can share with us? Um, just, just, you know, being abandoned as an infant in the trash and being found randomly and being near, near death and being brought back. And then um, the revelation of finding out that at five years old that I was black and my family was white. It, it's that big heartbreak that happened that long ago mm-hmm. that I think has pretty much defined the way I approach life. It's, it's, I, I seek acceptance from everything, from every color, from everything happening. But now... I don't. Mm. Now right. I just be me. So it's tough. I mean, all, the pain that that you you've collected over your life. I, I know I've hear, heard of a lot of comics talk about how they use their pain for their art. Do you feel like mm-hmm. you do the same thing? I do, but it's not conscious. I didn't go to a comedy club. I'm gonna I'm gonna soothe my pain. Right. You know, I just went in there, told a joke, just like the singer song, the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I go in and I and I, and I um, tell a uh, memory and. It's as funny to me as it is to you. My mother told us when we were growing up, we had a lot of roaches, you know, in, 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 in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So she said, if you clean up the kitchen good enough, we won't have any roaches. So we, she made us stay in the house the whole weekend and clean the kitchen. And sure enough, we didn't have any roaches in the kitchen. Um, but Monday, they started eating our couch. <laughs> I think you got to get them all the way yeah. out the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> no, yeah, not, Can't not, just transfer yeah, them. Not, not just yeah. in the living room. So, yeah. Right. And that was, yeah, that was my exact first joke. You know, it was the truth. <laughs> now, now, you also voice the, the character of Oscar Proud. I mean, you do so many things. How would you, or would you even say that, is there any part of you really in this character of, of Oscar Proud? Oh, yeah. Oscar Proud is a fall guy. He's the guy that loves his family absolutely and loves what he does. Absolutely. He loves it so much that he messes it up. He's like on overlove, you know, like overdrive. Mm-hmm. He's like on overlove. So he goes, I handle that basketball. Come here. I take him on for you, Penny. Imagine, <laughs> <laughs> you know, knocked off into a cliff or something, you know. And Daddy, you didn't have to do all that, with you, but I love you, you know. Now, speaking speaking of the shows that that uh, you work on, I mean, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up uh, In Living Color only because you know I grew up watching yes. it. So ma- so many of us grew up watching that phenomenal show, and now it's like all we can do now is just kind of go down the YouTube rabbit hole to like relive some of our favorite moments from In Living Color. But what? How do you remember your time on that show? Such an iconic show for so many of us. But how would you describe your time on there? Just a twilight period in my life, mm. you know, and for all of us. For all of us, that was the pinnacle of our whole career. 
what it took to do that show is way higher than anything that we can ever do. You know, the demand on us as actors and, and, and improvisationalists and writers, you know, and performers, it was the, the bar was raised so high that everything else is easy. But it's not easy because that was easy to us. It's easy because we, we learned together as a group. We learned our rhythm. You know, everybody had a different instrument coming in there, but we had to make the tunes for the audience. Is it is you it know? difficult? You know, you, you, when you're talking about everybody's rhythm and learning each other's rhythm and each other's style, is it difficult to do a show like that when you have so many eccentric artists that are on there? Is it tough to stay on script? Was there like a lot of you know improv yeah. going on? <laughs> that was the, that was what made us the best is that we could actually stay on script and not it was like it was like seamless. You know what I mean? Absolutely. David Allen Greer was at the station a couple years ago, and I asked him about how, you know, his, of course, his time on the show. And there was a there was a time in there where the cast played a trick on him with, and put chickens on oh, the stage. Oh, you talked about that? Yeah. <laughs> I asked, were you in on that, too? Because he was like, what I talked about. Oh, yeah. Because he, he was so, like, taken back to that moment, and he was like, oh. The chicken know? incident. <laughs> yeah. We all went through it. Everybody got that. Everybody got the treatment. Mine was. Our homie the clown sketch where he pours flour, milk, and eggs on my head and it's going down the back of my shirt. And then they say, cut. They clean me up and give me another shirt and do it again. They did it five times before I did it. <laughs> like, man, where y'all getting uh, all this milk from? But that's the, that's the fun right. part of it, though, right? Oh, yeah, that's the fun part. And, you know, it was a job. So we dealt with what everybody deals with on the job. Getting along with each other, finding each other's differences getting the job done at the same time and, 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 and be, being mutually respectful to the next guy or the next girl. Now, I, I want to I ask you a little bit about, you know, your, your craft, the, the, the craft of stand-up comedy. I mean, uh, you know, so many of us have seen you perform over the years. And, and I'm curious to kind of pick your mind as, like, as, as one of these guys that, that has been doing stand-up comedy at such a high level for so long. How do you view the, the, the state of stand-up today, you know, with, um, with so many people being concerned about tippy-toeing on certain topics and whatnot? How, how, how do you address that as somebody who's been in the game for so long? Uh, I sum it up. In, in um, a statement, you know, I, I can't uh, experience cancel culture because I am culture. So um, uh, my comedy point of view has included everybody. It always included the gay, lesbian um, community. It always included blacks. It always included Asians. It always included East Indians. It always included Africans and Jamaicans. It always included Mexicans. It always included everybody. Right. And, and everything, a dog, mm-hmm. a bird, you know, a, a living room couch, it it's uh, like a TV, you know, you can get in there and change the channels and find what you want. Absolutely. So what would you tell a young comic, somebody who was coming up and they saw you for the first time and they said, hey, could you give me some advice on uh, how I could, you know, should I tippy toe around topics or should I just go <laughs> full steam ahead? Uh, you know what? Learn how to apply it like a makeup man. In, in doing that, you've got to be uh, uh, really excited about the desired result. Mm. So go to that club seven days a week, seven days a week, seven days a week, seven days a week. When when us guys are at a club and a, a young lady walks in and we go, wow, look at her face. Oh, my God. Look at that. That was seven days a week for her. Right. Because the, the, because the desired result was I can attract someone by doing this and then they can get to know me. See? Yeah, yeah. The the desired result is key. That's that's absolutely mm-hmm, true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, we know that you also have uh you know you're you're married. You have children. Mm-hmm. Um, do they watch your shows or do you 
you know, have them, um, you know, <laughs> on tour with you? Like, how is that? It's never, it's, never, it's never common you see, like, an entire family <laughs> at somebody's stand-up <laughs> comedy show, you know? Well, it might be backstage yeah, in the green room happen, or though. something. Maybe, maybe Swiss Family Robinson, but <laughs> I, I, I might want to Google that. But, <laughs> what, what, but right now, it's, it's my youngest that's involved the most, my mm. two-year-old. Wow. She's in the epicenter of it. She's actually traveling with me. Wow. The other kids grew up watching me on TV, you know, watching the movies. She's actually there. So you're changing diapers before you went on stage real quick? Like, go. oh, my gosh, where's that wife oh, at? Yeah. Oh. If it comes down, yeah, if it comes down to it or before I leave the hotel. Hey, dad's got a dad, you know, yeah. no matter what. Dad's got a dad, boy. Dad's got a dad. And, and it's just, you know, I've found a good balance over the years to be the dad that I am and, and, and vice versa for the moms, mm-hmm. you know, because we don't get a book on it. Right. We, don't get, we don't get an instruction book, but we do have a lot of people around us, if we're fortunate enough, that love us and have experience. Right. And that can pass on things that work. Not only the things that work, but the things that are positive and lend to a healthy growth. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's interesting. You mentioned you mentioned that obviously there's no book on on uh, being a parent. And that is something that I hear from a lot of parents, regardless of the job or the, the craft or the industry that they're in. But, you know, yours, Tommy, yours is a is a, an industry that I'm sure pulls you away from your family or pulled you away from your family in order to be on the road. Was that a struggle as a as a young father with the with your older kids? Um, was that a struggle, like learning how to adjust to that as time went on? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's why, you know, I said I've been able to have a balance. Yeah. But they experienced that. In that sacrifice, I lost time with them. You know, school plays, graduation. I mean, I like really major stuff. But they attended college, finished, got degrees, you know, going on about their life. And that was the reason. So when they connect to that reason, they're okay. And when I connect to that reason, I'm okay. If I don't, then I ain't okay. Yeah. Cause I'll be I'll be rotting on all, looking at all the stuff that I miss. You know, that's the thing that we have to do as parents. We put our foot forward in order to place yourself in the future. You got to put yourself in the present with them. There we right. go. Right. And I'm like my I can sum it up one way too, because children ain't easy. My aunt says <laughs> that child uh, a parent relationship is is a love hate relationship all the way down the road. Yes, right. it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes, it Fresca, is. Fresca's raising, Fresca's raising two daughters, and she just perked up when you said that. Yeah. She was like, yeah, I'm, you're just yes. speaking the truth to Fresca right On now. On my own. It's it's really tough. Yeah. yeah. You know? Down the road. <laughs> Tommy, thank you so much for joining us today. I mean, it, it feels so good to be able to get to know a little bit more of you. We see you on stage. We see you on TV. But being able to talk to you in a, in a very, you know, more personal, intimate way has just been very special this yeah. morning. And so thank, thank you, you so much for making us laugh all these years, Tommy. I mean, every time we get a chance to talk to um, talk to an artist like this that's been around for so long, doing such great work, man. I just want to thank you for keeping us smiling and keeping us going. Because, hey, man, you know, you know better than anybody else. Laughter truly is the best medicine. Absolutely, it really is. Definitely, it really is. And that's a, one of the my favorite part of the world is up there. Absolutely, you know, the bay up there. That, yeah. that's such a combination of people. Yeah, it thank is a you. whole separate vibe for that whole area, you know, from Oakland to Pleasanton. I mean, you name it, you name it, Frisco, just that whole area is just really, really unique culturally. Right. And I just love it. Hey, we love you too, Tommy. It's it's, uh, it's what we call Bay Love around here. So we we love (laughs) you as well. And we cannot (laughs) wait to see you at Tommy T's this weekend. Absolutely. Much much continued success to you. Thank you, guys. And have a good day.